eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow him at Steve Geller, WWL. If you have not subscribed yet, please do that. Really appreciate it. Leave a rating, leave a review if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. But yeah, we're going to come back. We're going to do more, one more segment of Derek Carr talk. Okay, coffee on, talk. But with on Derek cruise Carr. control with Derek Carr. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. I was trying to make, I was going to make a speed joke, but I couldn't think of one. I was trying to make some kind of witty joke too. And something came up with like used car shopping. It just didn't sound good. I was like, nah, never mind. Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to sell you a used car in this podcast. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that last segment was a lot more about, you know, how he fits in the offense, late game comeback, stuff like that. But I thought a lot of what he said and what was some interesting stuff to me was why he came here. Like what sold the Saints to him outside of a Pete Carmichael, who he talked very highly of, or Ronald Curry, who we talked very highly of. And I thought what he said about Gale specifically, you know, like, I don't know how often do you hear about an owner kind of influencing the decision like this, um, like he talked about with the, with Gail Benson here. The warmth and the love that you've shown my wife and to my family and to me um, is really something that you know just took us over the edge. Um, the love and the genuine heart that you have um, towards us and towards your whole team and towards your whole staff, and there's not one person in this building that wouldn't say the same thing. And that, that meant a lot to us in the decision-making. Um, and as soon as we met you, it was like we met family. You know, it was like we already knew you. And, um, you know, the love that you showed us, and that meant so much to us. So thank you for welcoming, welcoming us to your organization and to your city. Yeah, I mean, like I love Gail Benson. I think she's fantastic. Apparently I'm not alone. No, I mean, for, for an owner too, what, you know, what other teams, obviously we don't know. I don't know. Uh, There's the only NFL team I've ever covered, but you go in there for like a draft morning or even during the year, there, there's the times that there's donuts waiting for us in the media room with a nice little message from, 
from the Saints team owner, and you're like, what? I, I mean, it's nothing. Obviously, that's a huge deal, but it's the little things that do matter. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I find her to be very, very relatable in a way that I couldn't <laughs> definitely could not say about most billionaires, right? Like, <laughs> and I don't know if it's because you know I, she wasn't always a billionaire, right? Like, it's it's not you know, and she wasn't always a team owner, right? Like, obviously, she took over the team from from Tom when he passed away. But like, I said this a few times. There was I, I don't know if it was last year or the year before where like we were just like kind of in the facility kind of waiting and we just saw Gail like kind of wandering through the facility, like on her phone, just by herself. And I was like, she might be the most accessible billionaire of, of all time. Like, it's just kind of funny to see that like she's a person. And I think that's what, when you can relate to people in a way that's reasonable, you know, obviously she lives a life that I cannot fathom in terms of, uh, you know, I, I still, get worked up when my electric bill is more than like what it usually is. I'm like, Oh no, you know, I'm, I'm poor. But like, I think she is very personable in a way that is a bit unique among NFL ownership. And I think that's part of the reason that, that Derek Carr and, and his wife felt so connected to her so quickly. And, and that's cool to hear. And I think that is something that the saints have that not everyone has is that kind of community around the team. That is, I think, unique among the NFL. To me being a, a damn Yankee, you know, that's, that's moved down here. Gail Benson to me is the definition of what a Southern woman is the, from the accent to the charm to just the way she presents herself, everything with class elegance, total love for Mrs. B. And yeah, I, I think that she has a calming presence too uh, about her that, you know, makes you feel comfortable, obviously. And yet it is, it is kind of strange to think about just the, that billionaire that is just so accessible and, and really personable too, I think. It's definitely something about Gail that she was able to connect with Heather, Derek's wife. And, you know, it's helped. The one thing I worried about when Derek mentioned going around a tour, he's like, oh, driving up airline drive, you know, coming here. And I was like, ugh, that is not a sight to see going up airline drive at all. I mean, uh, have you ever been to Vegas? <laughs> once you get off the strip there's some questionable areas there uh, touche uh, good point right right oakland does uh, has some questionable areas you could probably roll around <laughs> in too but yeah and so uh, you know a couple other things he talked about was you know the saints were all in on him from the start and da was all in on him from the start and i think the way he talked about dennis allen underscores like this is a pretty cool situation when you look back on it. It's like, it might work out, it might not. But, you know, how often do you see something like this? And here, here's what he had to say. And DA, uh, you know, I, you know, what, how I feel about this man, uh, hopefully me sitting here tells you what I think about him. And, you know, the opportunity, you gave me my first opportunity every time we played y'all, um, you know, since, you know, we weren't on the same team, I would always tell you thank you. You know, because you, you know, or in the press conference leading up to that game, I would say I was always thankful for DA because he gave me my chance. He trusted me with the keys to an organization and um, to be that quarterback there for nine years. Thank you, you know, for that. And, you know, we, we're just getting started, though. You right. know? And, uh, you know, all that's in the past. But thank you for, for texting me and, and blowing up my phone to make sure I picked the right spot. And I think there's a lot of people that are critical of Dennis Allen. And I think there are fair reasons to be critical of Dennis Allen. Who knows whether Derek Carr is going to be the answer, but you're kidding yourself if you don't think that Dennis Allen being the head coach of the Saints was a major factor in landing 
the top free agent on the market, in my opinion, as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Oh, that's definite for sure. I agree too. The the past relationship obviously helps, but and you know, I was I was really surprised when Carr talked about the influence of Pete Carmichael Jr. too, and you know the the offense here and what how it, how it's run compared to how things were. I guess you would say with Josh McDaniels and how he equated coming here and being able to be or have a little more leeway and able to f- maybe freelance and call things more a little if he sees something, uh, having that freedom once he learns things like he did when he was with John Gruden kind of thing. And, yeah, obviously you, you saw a productive player under John Gruden with Carr. So I, I, last year's numbers are definitely – uh, it was a downtick in, in what his production, but I, I think that it was just not it was not a good match head coaching wise. And obviously that's why the Raiders have moved on too. Yeah. And so obviously Pete Carmichael, the other guy we talked about a lot this offseason was Ronald Curry. And I think it was very important for the Saints to be able to retain Ronald Curry. He's the quarterback's coach. He's very well respected. And he's a former player. And Derek Carr told the story about how because he, he's getting called by everybody, right? And and Ronald Curry, who's obviously was a player, called him. And he's like, I'm not going to give you a sales pitch. We want you here. If you want to be here, cool. Come play. You know? And and it's like, it's like I think that relatability is important. And having guys you respect on that staff, and this is what he had to say about Ronald Curry um, and kind of the, the bigger picture there. He's been great. Um, so bright. So smart. You know, um, the one thing, I, they're just so, everyone's so even kill. You know, it's like. So I was waiting for someone. So when are they going to yell at me, DA? It's like, when, well, that's yeah. coming. <laughs> Someone's going to yell at me sometime, you know. Um, but, I mean, everyone's just, like, so even kill. They're just – you can – the one thing you feel in this building is from the top down, everyone is pushing in the same direction. You know, there, no one's stepping on anybody's toes. Every idea is a good idea, you know, unless it doesn't work. You know, it's not about who's right. It's about what's right. And that's one thing I've learned watching our offensive staff, you know, work and be together is – you know, who cares whose idea it was? It's our idea. You know, we, we are going to get the credit. You know, we are going to win the game because of A, B, and C. And I, I just feel that so much with RC and with Pete and with everybody. Like, it's just like, let's just do what's right, you know, and this is how we do things. You know, what are you in? You know, a lot of questions. What, what, what were you good at? And they're pulling up my, you know, cut-ups, and they have every pass I've ever thrown. I was like, oh, I forgot. You know, forgot about that one, you know. But, um, you know, it's been really cool to work with RC um, and talk to him. Um, it's been... For me, I'd say it's it's been really cool just the way he's carried himself too throughout the whole thing. So one thing he mentions there is like he knew they wanted him here. And the more you listen to Derek Carr talk, the more it sounds like it was always going to be New Orleans. Like there was a lot of, if you believe the reporting that like, oh, he's split, you know, maybe the Jets, maybe Carolina. But here's what he had to say when he was asked why he vetoed the trade because I think this is very telling of like his agent was trying to get him the best deal possible. And he understood that. And he let his agent, Tim Younger do what he does. But like everything within Derek Carr was wanted to be like, I just get me like, that's where I want like, let's just do it. Like, why are we wait? Anyway, here it is. I was very willing uh, to accept a trade, um, but I was only able to talk to one team. You know, I was only given permission to talk to one team. And so um, as much as I love and respect the guys, uh, you know, Dave and, you know, Josh over in, you know, the Raiders, like, I was like, it's not, I can, how do I make that decision when it's the only time in my career that I've been, could possibly be free, 
I can't possibly make that decision, you know, um, you know, without being able to talk to other people. But I still almost made the decision, you know, like I, you know, I felt so much love here, like I still almost did it. But at the end of the day, I just felt like I knew that when I sat here, um, I wanted to be able to, you know, look my kids in the eye and look my wife in the eye and know that I did everything in my power. I asked every question. I went through every process to make sure I tried to make the best decision for our family, us together. And so um, I wasn't closed off to it at all, you know, which was, you know, maybe shocking to some people, you know, but I, I wasn't closed off. Like, I was willing to work, and, but I just was only able to talk to the Saints. Um, but it worked out. Yeah, that's interesting. So should we conclude from that that the Jets or the Panthers or whoever else that might have been interested in trading didn't offer enough compensation to the Raiders to get into those negotiations? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh they for whatever reason, I don't know if they even asked for permission. I almost wonder if maybe no one else was willing to make that trade, right? And so it right. wasn't even worth hosting the visit and they were like, "Well, wait till free agency because only this, the the Saints were the only team in this discussion that had legitimate cap constraints as it pertained to Derek Carr, and any other team would be like, "Yeah, we have the we have the money in free agency. We, why would we do this now uh, and give up assets, right?" Because the Saints are a team that feels like they're a piece or two away. The Jets maybe feel that way. The Panthers shouldn't feel that way, <laughs> and the Panthers all along, I think, were probably considering we could trade up for number one, right? So they didn't want to give up assets in that regard. And, but, um, hey, but hey, if you want number one, call us. We might deal it to you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, I only have one more clip here, and it has continued a disturbing trend of new, new players coming to New Orleans and having their first meal at Chipotle. It happened to Dyson Daniels, the Pelicans' first-round pick, and it happened to Derek Carr. But this 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 clip isn't really about that. It's more about like, I think again, it's like, it's not just the Saints that kind of drew Derek Carr here. And you hear him talk, and you hear how kind of emotional he is. Like it's not just a, this is where I feel like I have the best chance to win. It's a, you know, he's finding a new home for his family, and and this and that. And I think that's like when you look at a Drew Brees and how he kind of embraced his situation over the years. And I think that's why there was obviously along with winning that helps. There was this real connection to Drew and Drew's family and he was involved everywhere and you couldn't, you know, he lived in the city and you knew like you knew where he lived. You could say, yeah, that's Drew Brees house. Right. You know, I think you're hearing a lot of the same notes struck with Derek. And I think this story that he tells here, is a good example of that. And, and to the city of New Orleans, thank you for welcoming my wife and my children literally everywhere we've gone. You know, when we first got here, we, we you know, with all the great food, the first place we went was Chipotle because we didn't know anything. Uh, <laughs> and, and we walked in there and we couldn't get out of there because of the love from everyone in that, uh, in, in that building. And, you know, they were taking pictures and just welcoming us, you know, to the city telling us anything that we need. They're here for us, and you could already feel the southern hospitality and the, 
the the home feeling of it. And you know, with that said, you know, my wife and I are super grateful, um, you know, to be here with our children and you know make New Orleans home. Um, you know, we chose we chose New Orleans. You know, we chose this city. We chose the people here. Yeah, and I think that's where I'll wrap it up with this kind of Derek Carr love fest, but. You know, you never know how those press conferences are going to go, and I think he hit all the right notes. I think he answered every question correctly. I don't know if there's a correct answer, but I think right. you know there wasn't a question that I heard the answer to, and I was like, "Oh, he's full of shit," right? Like I never felt that way, and and that's and that's pretty cool, I think, and and it made me feel a little better about you know maybe where where things are going because I think that is a big part of this is buy-in from everybody not just the quarterback not just somebody showing up and being like i'm in charge now this is that's not what this is like this is a team that does have established veterans this is a team that is going to rely heavily on their defense this is a team that needs someone who's going to jive with mike thomas who's going to be able to work with young players and Derek carr and rashid i'm sorry in chris alave and rashid Shahid and, and alvin Kamara. um and i thought it, it went about as well as you could hope i agree like totally came across as this genuine person yeah. uh, easily to identify with as this family man had all the kids there kind of reminded you of like a Drew Brees three right. boys and the one girl the girl's um, the youngest yeah <laughs> right and uh, I don't know yeah it just good vibes overall from an opening press conference I, you've seen a few that have gone I guess disasters from so, some folks but overall it's pretty hard to to ruin your your first presser with a team. Yeah, right. Everyone's there to say nice things about you, and you're there to say nice things about them. And like he he joked, like no one's yelled at me yet, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like you do, you hear and talk, you understand why people like playing with him, right? Like you understand yeah. why he has a very good reputation, even though he hasn't had the success that that he probably would have hoped, and I'm sure the Raiders would have hoped. I've been impressed with the number of people who have commented on YouTube who are saying, "I'm a Raiders fan, but I'm going to be watching Saints games now," right? Like that resonated with the fan base. That's not the case for everybody. And, and I don't want to compare him to Jameis, but I think like there was a there's a very different feel about him coming here. Jameis had a lot of a lot of fans too, but like it it does strike a different chord. I think it says more about maybe the the fan base than the player. Yeah, with with Jameis, it's it's a sad story of something we'll we'll just really never know with him, it seems like he did get his opportunity, unfortunately, couldn't stay on the field for this team. And you know, the, the availability part is, you know, the, the biggest part of things. I did see he was busy at Florida State doing some stuff with the uh, baseball team. Yeah, they, they he threw out the first pitch. It was not a strike, but they kind of cut it off where you couldn't see where it finished. For a good reason. Look way outside. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have heard like people say like they get like it's a very nerve wracking thing. You have one chance and you got to throw it. And, you know, we've seen kind of hilarious like opening pitch kind of like the 50 cent where it literally went sideways, right? Right. But there's no question Jameis has an arm, obviously. Oh, he's a great baseball player. Right, he could have right. gone pro as a baseball player. Yeah. That's why it was kind of funny. Like, I, I don't mind ribbing him, ribbing him a little bit because 50 cent, we don't expect to be able to exactly, throw a strike. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it was a really cool video that they put out, but it was very clear that they cut it off right before the ball went. <laughs> but no, good for him. It looked like he was having a good time. And, you know, he was a great baseball player down at Florida State. Right, I, there's a video floating around from stealing home in a game, which impresses me. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting because I think Jameis likes it here. I think you know the team does like Jameis. The players like Jameis. Maybe maybe that is a match. But yeah, so that's that's the Derek Carr press conference episode of this year podcast. I think it was 
we we gave you a lot of that sound. Hopefully you got something out of it. It is free agent week. We started this episode kind of talking about free agents. We're going to have a lot more on free agency as the week kind of develops. Again, as we said to start this, the Saints are typically a team that kind of sits in the background for the first kind of wave of free agency. And, you know, that's what they did last year. And they ended up bringing in Tyron Matthew and Jarvis Landry. So I think the moves are going to be there to be made. It's just you're not going to see them kind of reset markets for players. And No, you're not going to see that Jarvis Bird splash big, you know, signing or I forget was uh, what was the tight end uh, from the Colts? Kobe Fleener. Yeah, did, I think he got a pretty significant deal. Sure did. <laughs> and he was a waste of cash, good. right? <laughs> not very good. So yeah, that's going to be something to watch for. We're, we're, I'm going to plan to do a live stream on Wednesday to kind of catch up with anything that's happened. It's going to be that's the first day of free agency, so I think that'll be a good good catch up point, and we'll have that on the podcast feed. And then obviously, the next episode would be our typical episode on, that'll post on Friday morning. Probably do it live on Thursday, um, you know, schedule willing. But there's going to be a lot to talk about. So I appreciate everyone sticking around. This is Inside Black and Gold. Hit like, subscribe. Do it. Do it. (laughs) All right. Thanks, y'all. Later, everyone.